Welcome, folks, to Savory Avery, episode 14. It's January 20th, 2022, a Thursday, 6.30 p.m. I went to Edmonton this past weekend. That was fun, I guess. I mean, about as fun as Edmonton can be, which is moderately fun to their defense. But, you know, it's Edmonton. We stayed at an Airbnb on White Ave. It was nice. Small. Just a extra property, sort of, like a where the garage should have been. There's just like an extra property this guy built. It was like this really cool patio on the outside, like on the second level. And it was like covered and there was like a lot of privacy and there was lights. And it looks really chill. Um... But it is closed or forbidden to be used, which is disappointing because apparently it's like a slipping hazard, but it is warm. And there's no way there was any sort of slipping hazard. So it's kind of ridiculous that he just like puts that blank, like just blankets that rule. Just like, yeah, it doesn't matter if it's nice out. Like if it's the winter time, you can't use it. I mean, like we were in constant communication with him. I almost wanted to just ask, be like, is it okay if we use it? Like, I I don't understand how... It's a slipping hazard. It's ridiculous. But besides that, it was nice. Yeah, there's this uh, breakfast place that we always try to visit in Edmonton. My girlfriend and I consider it a hidden gem in Edmonton. It's relatively new. Um, I'm trying. I think it's called the Butter Cafe. And it's really close to where her family lives. So whenever we visit on our way in or on our way out, we'll grab a a cinnamon bun and a breakfast sandwich of sorts. The best. Very small menu. Like there's two different types of sandwiches you can get. One is a BLT type sandwich and the other is like an egg breakfast sandwich. They're both amazing. And I kind of think that, I mean, I mean, this is almost common knowledge even. It's not completely true across the board, but for the most part, when restaurants make less items and they just really focus on like a few items and they perfect them, is much better than them having 30 things to choose from. And they're all just like kind of, you know, thrown together in a way compared to if they were to have only a few items that was that's what like most like a lot of like really fancy restaurants you know they have not a huge menu but anyway their breakfast sandwiches are really good and their cinnamon buns are insane so just like their bread across the board is really unique i have no idea how they make it but it's a really uh soft and light and fluffy bread and they do something to it where it's like a light brown but then there's like a top layer that looks like it's almost like iced on like icing but it's like also cooked but it like covers it like that and it's a darker brown and i haven't noticed if it gives any flavor but i've never seen anything like it before and yeah so their cinnamon bun is Unlike any cinnamon bun I've honestly ever seen, and it's so delicious. It's almost like a donut. It's basically a donut. 
So it's like the cinnamon bun is just like a bun. It's not like rolled or anything. And then they have frosting on the top of it. And it's shaped like a donut. And then on the inside, it's filled with this cinnamon, uh, this like cinnamon, uh, it's almost like a syrup or an icing. It's like a little bit gooey, you know, it's like a, almost like a jelly or custard, but it's like cinnamon. You know, it, it reminds me of like a Boston cream or something, you know, with the icing on top and then it's filled with cinnamon instead of instead of vanilla custard or vanilla cream whatever people decide to use for a boston cream very delicious if you're in the area i'd recommend it's like in the south so if you're coming from calgary then i mean it's on the way baby why not butter the butter cafe oh correction i just verified online it's the brown butter cafe so good and they have lots of really good drinks too they have a lot more selections of drinks not a lot of food the food's amazing and then yeah the drinks are good too i've got i've, I've got like a drip coffee and then i've gotten like a few fancy drinks i can't remember what they're called they're good i like them i'm personally not a huge fan of getting those types of drinks but yeah i like their their drinks are great but i, I say the food is definitely a highlight and then we went to house of wheels that was so much fun. House of Wheels is the best. In my opinion, it's the best indoor in Alberta. I may have already said that in a previous episode. I can't remember. <laughs> I'm always like thinking that I've told someone something already. So then I'm like, I like don't bring it up again. And then like it turns out that I never told them in the first place. I do that so much. It's so bad. I find I find myself saying like quite often being like, uh, I'm not sure if I've told you this, just starting it off like that every time, but yada, yada, yada. And they're like, no, you didn't tell me. Usually that's the case. When I do bring up something a second time and I get called out for it, I'm not expecting it. Like whenever that, whenever it actually happens, I, I, I'm, I'm never beginning uh, the sentence with, I don't know if you know this, but, but anyway, we went earlier in the morning. We were there from 1 to 3. So we like drove up to Edmonton from Calgary like, a bit earlier in the morning. We got there for about 1. And then it's, it's kind of stupid, but like they literally only allow you to go for a two-hour session. Like I don't think they let you go for two hours back-to-back, which is super silly. But... Honestly, it's impressive that they're able to do that because the fact that they have a rule like that means that they have so many people that want to come to the park that it's still completely full even when they do that. And it isn't always completely full. Sometimes there's a few spots open, but oh, but they do pretty pretty well overall. It's impressive. Their park is really big. And because we went like earlier in the day, there wasn't that many skaters. It was mostly uh, people uh, riding scooters. But a whole half of the park is like big transition and like pump tracks and an airbag. And that's kind of where they all hang out. And then there's like half pipes and rails and ledges and stuff. That's more mellow. 
it's usually not as busy. So that was nice. It was a pretty good session. Posted a little clip on my Instagram. Just doing a little ledge trick. Just a little nolly no slide cheese bread. Just for fun. Yeah, I felt weird. I felt weird the whole time skating. It's been so long. And I don't have any excuses. I mean, I have like a big bike path in front of my house. It's been dry for a few days and it's been warm. Warm enough to get out there and do a couple of kickflips at least, but haven't got myself to do it. Um, but yeah, I'd highly recommend anyone to go to House of Wheels. I like it a lot more than the compound. I mean, on like to, like honestly, like objectively, it's just better. And especially since they've done this recent update where they added like a couple more hubbas and down rails and a little step up. It's really, it's, it's prime. It's really slippery though, but so is the compound. Compound is still, compound is still dope, but yeah. This other place is way bigger and they have like gnarly shit, some gnarly ass shit to do. It's craziness. And the House of Wheels opened a new place in Calgary. Apparently it's already open and running. Apparently it's smaller than the compound though. I'm like, nah. Not even trying to hit it up. I haven't seen anyone post any videos of them going, so I'm not even sure if that's like happening or if it's a thing. But they'll continue to do well in Edmonton. I think they have a good thing going. They have like half of their area like that they could have used for skating. They have like a area, so many like two different areas for sitting and like a area for parties to hang out. And then they have a whole section of like scooters and skateboards that they have for sale, like basically like a mini skate shop. Little apparel, it's mostly like parts for scooters and skateboards. Like, it's quite the operation, though. It's like the most franchised I've ever seen. Uh, a skateboard park like that. Or I guess since, you know, Compound only lets skateboarders, so it's a skate park. But I feel like skate park isn't really the right term. I've always thought that it's, you know, you know obviously. I mean, ever, anyone who likes skates have definitely thought, you know, it's not very inclusive. It's the term skate park. I mean, it at the very least includes roller skates, roller skaters, roller skates. Or I don't know. They can at least tell themselves that. I'm not too sure. But skate, roller skate, skateboard, but then you're missing biking and scootering and the everything in between. Maybe we should just call it uh, a concrete extreme sports park. Maybe you could call it wheel a wheel park. Because basically anything with a wheel is welcome. People bring their RC cars. I mean, they're not necessarily welcomed by everybody, but they, they, they show up nonetheless every once in a while. Yeah, a wheel park. Maybe I'll start using that term. I feel like it's just more, you know, it's more it's more accepting. I mean, at the end of the day, who gives a crap? People call it a skate park. No, I've never heard anyone complain about it before. No one even bats an eye. Something that I think about, though. It's odd. To be fair... It's probably the case that when these types of parks were being built initially, 
They were probably mainly used by just skateboarders. That's probably why they're called skate parks. There's probably some sort of logical reason for it. Okay. So I made another top 10 list. I made sure to not ramble on for too long this time. I think last time it took me almost 30 minutes before I, I remembered what I wanted to talk about. We're only, what is this? Maybe around 15, I can't tell. A lot better. All right, this list. <laughs> okay. Top 10 dress shirts or polo shirts, either or. Ever since I started working and got a job, I've had to wear shirts with collars and I've slowly become obsessed with them. Short sleeve polo shirts, long sleeve button downs, everything in between. I've had, I have quite the collection. I'm constantly taking things out, putting things in. Sometimes I just have way too many in my closet. I'm like, what am I doing? Like one time I had like 45 just polo shirts for work. And also I wear them all the time. They're not just for work. That's kind of what got me into them to wear them. But now I wear them all the time. That's too many. I mean, if you have enough of, let, let's just say, for example, pants. You have like 30 pairs. You have, you have enough. You can wear a different one every day of the month. You don't need any more than that. That's already too much. But I understand, I can sympathize with someone being, you know, kind of like a little bit obsessed with like buying clothes. It's definitely like addicting and fun. And I have about 30 shirts, you know, and I love each and every one of them. And it took some time to get there. But yeah, you know, it's, it's a sad process, it's like picking stuff out. Because initially, you know, you buy, you love it. Or maybe you think you do and you try it on and it doesn't fit and you rationalize it to yourself that you'll at least try to wear it for a day and then it sits in your closet forever. Or even if you do like it, once you have something like 20 or 30 like polo shirts or just t-shirts, like the, like the fifth one that you bought initially that you loved, now it's like one of your least favorites, right? I mean, like as you continue to buy more and more stuff, and you have more options. You start to pick it out. It's super hard to let go of stuff. But you got to do it. So yeah, I made a list of my favorite. Just my favorite brands. Okay. My favorite top 10 polo slash dress shirts. Number 10. Wrangler. I love Wrangler. I love all of these brands in this list. Even number 10. They do have many, many cool designs. Uh, they also have a lot of shirts that I'm like not a fan of. It's kind of hit or miss for me with Wrangler. A lot of them are very westerny, and I love that. I have some dress shirts, some Wrangler ones that have the pearl buttons and whatnot, but I'll only go so far. They're always buttoned down, though. I've never seen like a short sleeve like polo shirt with just like the three buttons that's Wrangler yeah so quality isn't great but they have a lot of cool designs that I love they're kind of hit or miss though I have a few items that are Wrangler they're just plaid 
basic. A couple of them have, like I said, pearl buttons. And they're all long sleeve button downs. Number nine, Polo Ralph Lauren. Polo Ralph Lauren is great. They have a mix of long sleeve button downs or long sleeve button ups, whatever. You, I, don't, I don't know if there's a difference. And then short sleeve polo shirts. Most of them are quite basic. The quality is okay. It's not bad. But when you're thrifting especially, they are super common to come across. Like there is always Polo Ralph Lauren tees at value. So they've kind of, at first, I used to kind of be obsessed with them when I first started thrifting like years ago. But they're kind of just basic. I don't think I own any Polo Ralph Lauren, but I do have a Polo Sport. Uh, short sleeve polo that's nice i'm pretty sure that that's the same brand typically polo sport has cooler designs in my opinion but polar off lauren is great if you just want a basic tee they fit me really good and yeah they're decent quality but they're lacking on creativity and like cool pieces you never really see those tommy hilfiger in my uh, so th- so number nine was Polo Ralph Lauren. Now number eight, Tommy Hilfiger. Tommy Hilfiger is very similar to Polo Ralph Lauren to me. Um, in that their shirts sort of fit the same, and their designs are somewhat similar. I think it would be easy to mistake a Tommy Hilfiger like polo shirt for a Polo Ralph Lauren if you're far away or something like that. The reason I have Tommy Hilfiger above it, though, above above Polo, Ralph Lauren, is because they have way cooler designs. They do have a lot of basic stuff, but you can find some wild Tommy Hilfiger pieces, especially when it comes to pants and jackets. They have some crazy shit that's, like, really cool and valuable. Um, the quality is okay, is good. It's not the best. It's similar to Polar Ralph Lauren, I would say. Um, so yeah, Tommy Hilfiger, number eight. Number seven, Tilly's Endurables. This is a more uncommon brand, I believe. I'm a huge fan. I'm not exactly sure what type of clothing that they like make. Like if I had to categorize it, I couldn't tell. It might be some. It might be like military. Or it might be just like blue collar, like stuff to work in. I'm not sure. But Tilly's Endurables is a very good quality in my opinion. I've never had any of their items break on me. They're very basic. Their designs are very simple. But the way that their items fit, especially their pants, you can like tell that it's Tilly's from far away just by looking at them. Or at least I can. I have a couple Tilly's Endurables dress shirts. They're pretty hard to come by, though. It's a lot easier to find pants and other items from them. Yeah, I've never seen, like, a cool design. They might have, like, some crazy pockets uh, or, like, weird stuff like that. But when it comes to colors or designs, it's very basic. Which is, like, good if you're in a professional setting. 
Number six, Harley Davidson. Harley Davidson is not the not a great quality, honestly. All the dress shirts that I buy from them are very thin. I don't actually own any at the moment because they sell really good. So if I find some, usually I'll just try to sell them. But the reason they're number six is because their logos and their logos and their designs are so badass. So many dress shirts I found with huge embroidery on the front and back. Some crazy shit going on. Looks so cool. I'm not the type of person that would... I don't, I don't own a bike or anything. I'm not like the type of guy that's like, yeah, Harley. But I really like some of their clothing. Have some really cool dress shirts. All right. Number five is Mech. Mountain Equipment Co-op. I'm a big fan. Quality, fantastic, always. Designs, typically pretty basic, but looks really good. And a lot of their items fit my like fit me really well. I'm obsessed with vintage mech. The quality is really good, and I just really like like mountain wear or like um, outdoor gear stuff like that. Number four, LL Bean. I'm not sure what the LL stands for. Probably just some guy's name. I think that I like LL Bean quite a bit, but I think that my favorite item of clothing from them is the dress shirts. They have really nice long sleeve button up dress shirts. A lot of them plaid. Every once in a while, you'll see one that's like a thin type, but most of them are very thick and warm. And they last nice and long. I have a few. I've broken one, though. I blew out the elbow on it. In all fairness, it was like a thinner fabric. It wasn't one of the thicker items that I bought. My grandma sewed it up. Sewed it up. And I broke it again. And then I threw it away. Gave up on it. Typically, though, their stuff lasts pretty long in my experience. And their designs and style isn't um, isn't wild or anything. There's no bright, crazy colors. Um, there's no crazy designs. The craziest thing they have is, like, plaid. Well... Actually, I have seen a couple items that look pretty, like bright color, like multicolored, and and uh, like really cool design. But for the most part, it's very basic, simple. Okay, number three, Patagonia. I have two dress shirts that are Patagonia, both plaid, and I'm completely obsessed. They are so good. Obviously really good quality, but very comfy. One one of like the softest dress shirts that I have. Good thickness, and it fits me good. It's pretty slim fitting. They're pretty slim fitting. I didn't put Arcteryx or the North Face in this list. I've had dress shirts 
from both of those companies and I didn't really love that the way their items fit, but I loved the Patagonia. They're great. All of their items are great. Number two. What do we got for number two? Number two, Roper. Oh, yeah, baby. Roper is number two, but it has my all-time favorite uh, designs and styles. Um. I think that Roper is somewhat vintage. I'm not sure if they're still a thing. They might be. But regardless, they've been a- around for a while. Very, very good quality. I've never had anything tear or break or rip that's Roper. And, yeah, the designs are just crazy. I've had so many. I've sold so many that I wish I didn't sell. But I constantly find new ones. I feel as though in the men's section, the dress shirts are the, like the least picked through thing. And they always have so many of them. It takes a long time to sift through it all. But if you're willing to, typically you can find one or two gems. It's not uncommon. It's one of the reasons why, like it's one of my favorite places to look for that reason. Yeah, Roper is awesome. If you ever find any Roper, cop it. They have some very westerny stuff. It's it's similar to that. It's similar to Wrangler in that way. Um, but it's not a, as common as Wrangler. It isn't like I haven't seen that many items that are very western themed. A lot of them are just normal, regular looking items. Super great. Highly recommend. Number one. Carhartt. Now, I know that's basic. Carhartt. And I wouldn't pick them as number one for any other clothing item, but they win it for polo shirts and long sleeve shirts. Amazing. Just the best quality. And I just love that fucking logo. It just looks good, man. All the maintenance workers, they all get Carhartt. I don't know. They, they might... Yeah. They all wear the same outfits. It's like blue, but like super dope, like flame-resistant Carhartt cargo pants. Whenever I see them, I'm like, ooh, I wish I could thrift those. They're so sick. Yeah, and, you know, everyone wears Carhartt for a reason, dude. It's legit. Makes you look serious. And that's the list. My top ten, boy... Yeah, I threw that one together pretty quick. That was a pretty easy list. All those brands are great. Yeah, I I had a t- I feel like I maybe put Tommy Hilfiger a little bit too low because like some of their designs really go off, but they don't fit me very good personally. So that's why I had it at what did I have it at number seven, number eight. Okay, so this is the list one more time. Ten Wrangler. 9, Polo Ralph Lauren. 8, Tommy Hilfiger. 7, Tilly's Endurables. 6, Harley Davidson. 5, Mech. 4, L.L. Bean. 3, Patagonia. 2, Roper. 1, Carhartt. And that's all she wrote. Yep, I'm obsessed. Even if I'm wearing a sweater, I'll still put on like a 
collared shirt just to pop it out. A little extra splash of whatever color. I've been deliberating about what I want to do for intro and outro because it's really lame how I start off these podcasts. It's like, it's just like, hey, welcome. You know, all every other like legit podcast has like something going on, whether it's like some weird classical music or some rap or some rock. I see a large portion of it is listeners submit songs but only my mom listens to this so i don't think she's going to submit anything then i thought well what if i just make the music myself because even though i could probably find some music that doesn't have any license licensing rights attached to it or any sort of like copyright infringements associated with it, then I could get away scot-free just using that. But that's lame. And there's probably other people that use that music too because there honestly can't be that much music out there where people like won't sue you or whatever. And it can just get complicated. So I decided to just say, fuck that. Maybe I should make my own. So I think after this, I'm going to grab my girlfriend's iPad and, Use GarageBand. So maybe I'll just start off every episode with a freestyle. I'm not I'm not too sure yet. Gotta get the tunes in there somewhere though. Come on, man. Not cool. I do have a few mu- musician friends. Maybe they're interested in lending me some of their audio out of the goodness of their heart and the marketing to my mother. She'll probably buy some CDs if one of my homies hooks me up with the rights Hayden Burns came out with a new skate park new skate part filmed by I believe Mitch Metzer and someone else I don't know who they are but it's edited by Diego Meek who I've been a big fan of for a very long time he makes skate videos He's filmed a couple full lengths and edited them amazingly. Some of my favorites. And he edited the part, which was great. And I love Hayden Burns. He had this other part from a couple years back. I can't it was for one of Diego Meek's videos, I believe. It was for a full length. I can't remember what it was called, but it's like a it was like a five minute part and it had a I can't remember what the first song was, but then the second song was like a Kodak Black song, and it's such a beast part. And then this one was even better. Um, in this part, he did the most manuals I've ever seen. He's always done manuals, but in this part, it was mostly that. Amazing. His ender is a manual on this. It's like a foot tall to get on and it's like a brick manual pad and it's probably only like eight feet long or somewhere around there and then there's like a three or four foot drop off and he does a backside big spin fakie manual half cab flip out so perfect 
man, he did so many cool manuals. He did a full. He did a full cab, fakie manual, half cab out. So many crazy. It's it's so worth a watch. The music is odd, which is consistent with Diego Meek, and I loved the song. A lot a lot of his music is like I've heard it before, I really like it, and then every once in a while there's some song that is kind of like out of the realm of things that I listen to or that I've heard, but they usually are so sick. So and Hayden Burns isn't a popular skater. I mean, I think he rides for Frog. I don't know if he has any other sponsors. But I think he only has like a few thousand followers on Instagram. His footage is next level though. He deserves more. He'll get more followers. Yeah, he's legit. He's super sick. So check that out. You got to. And that's all I got. Thank you, guys. All right. Have a good week. And uh, follow me on Skatebug. Follow me on Instagram at Skatebug. S-K-A-Bug. Posted a clip of House of Wheels. And yeah, peace out.